It's the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest, who is an award-winning, best-selling, critically acclaimed author. That's uh, three hyphenated adjectives right there. Brand new book is now available. It is called When She Left. We are going to visit with E.A. Amar, and good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be uh, one of your guests. You've had so many good writers on, like Baldacci and Winslow, and it's great to be in your lineup. Thank you. I appreciate you doing the research. Yeah, David uh, Baldacci will join our Five Timers Club coming up. So if you get four more books, you can uh, also get the exclusive T-shirt. Oh, my gosh. I really want the T-shirt. I would also like a robe. Ooh, I will put that in the request for... (laughs) I tell you what, you get to the 10-timers club, the robe is yours. Awesome. Okay. All right. I have a goal now. <laughs> if, if nothing else, but to get that robe. But thanks for, for joining us today. The brand new book is uh, When She Left. And can you share with us uh, briefly what it's about? Yeah. So When She Left is the story of a young couple on the run from criminals, um, they, the woman in the couple has left her boyfriend for this other man, and her boyfriend is a rising star in, the, in a criminal organization. And that organization hires a reluctant hitman slash real estate agent to find them. You know, everyday life stuff. <laughs> Assassin real estate agent. Now, rising star in a criminal organization, is there, is there like a, a newsletter? Is that thing like officially the, the organization keeps track of that, like ha- has a rank and a star? I would imagine they do if you're, if you're truly an organized crime syndicate. Yeah, if you're really organized, you have an employee of the month. Right. And you uh, keep maybe there's a point system. There's a lot of you know stuff that goes into this ribbons like scout badges, but for things like extortion. <laughs> yeah, well, well, see, we could go down a whole other thing. You know, I, now I know you're you're also a, a crime writer. And so perhaps you've uh, been in, involved with some of that doing any of your research as a crime writer. Have you brushed up against, you know, crime figures? I haven't, but I've talked to a lot of people, especially in my first book, which dealt with the world of sex trafficking uh, fairly uh, explicitly. I wanted to uh, talk with, um, you know, people who had firsthand experience. So I talked with a lot of um, women who had been in that world and had left it and were, you know, advocates to get people out of it. Um, And that was, you know, it was jarring. And that, that informed me, honestly, for maybe my first three books, the experiences that I heard and, and read about. So then moving forward with, with uh, this book, are you trying to take a different approach? Obviously a different idea, different characters, different thought process, but is the way you approached it or decided you wanted to explore this one? Was that, uh, was that, did you like break from, uh, is it different for each book as I'm trying to say? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it definitely is. You know, my first three books were, really told from the perspectives of women. You know, they were the, they were the main characters, the protagonists. Mm-hmm. With this book, the, the main protagonists, the three of the protagonists are men, and they're dealing with the loss of something important to them. They're dealing with, it, particularly in these cases, the loss of women. And the books, how about how they react? So that was a departure, because I've, I've, the men in my other books weren't main characters, and now they are. So writing then, so you've written from perspectives of both male and female main characters. So how do you get into each character's mind? And is it just as you are 
creating the character, you become a part of it? Yeah, um, that that is sort of what happens. You know, I also try to, uh, one of the things I do, I, I like to do when I write, is I take my outline around me in my office. And that way it almost feels like I'm getting into the world of the novel when I sit down to write. But I also tape up photos of what I imagine the characters look like. And those photos really, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but for some reason if I see someone's face, I'm instantly put into their mind almost like a, an act like a character on a tv show you know you you see them and it's and and you kind of know if you're familiar with the show you know what to expect what to you know what what this person's really like inside now i've heard that before with uh, certain authors that you are trying to you create ahead of time like a specific idea of what your character would look like and just having that connection having that visual then how does that uh how do you go forward and how does that inform your writing yeah it doesn't you know it it really um sort of fleshes out that person and i i will say you know sometimes for a character like especially in this book with lucky wilson the hitman slash real estate agent you know there was a, a danger that he would become a caricature Right. There's a, a comic trope about a reluctant hitman who sure. has, you know, some other job. But I wanted to with with Lucky, there is like a sense of, you know, there's got to be something genuine that makes him a character instead of a caricature. And that was, you know, for me with Lucky, I found it in his family. You know, he's got a genuine, heartfelt love for his family. And that's what grounds him. You know, so that that kind of stuff like that, those little moments of truth or what made characters authentic to me. It's just interesting hearing about taping the photo, because this was a, a, a radio consultant years ago, and I poked fun of it at the time, said, what you need to do is cut out a couple pictures of who you think your main listeners are, and broadcast the show mm -hmm. directly to them. And then early on in my career, that was invaluable when I knew I was targeting the show to a 30-year-old woman named Debbie. And Debbie is probably in her 50s now, but Debbie, I hope you're still with us. That is great, and you're and they were right, and you're right. You know, that's I, I think that's so important. I'm envious of writers who know their exact audience, and I don't think many of us do. You know, I, I we start to learn it, but I know writers who have very clear, you know, defined view of what they're writing and who's reading it, and I think that is such an advantage. Um, for most of us, I don't think we exactly know who our target is. You know, I think it, for most of it, most of us, it's someone like us. It's got to be difficult, too. And obviously, you know your fan base and you do book tours. You will get feedback from some mm -hmm. people, but you kind of learn. And I've learned from making appearances and even even taking uh, phone calls. There's such a small number of people that will actively reach out for feedback. It, you can kind of tend to skew the results when you have to remember, well, that's just a small portion of people that will ever contact you. But you know your your listeners and your readers are out there. You just don't get that direct contact. Yeah, and it's, you know, you can, um, you're right, you can be skewed by that, right? Because every, I, I know so many people who say, like, oh, yeah, I brushed that off, or I didn't think about that, or that comment, you know, criticism didn't weigh on me. I feel like I remember everything, and it all shapes me. And it's why I don't, always read all the reviews I get because even if I agree with them, it shapes how I see the book and it, despite my own intentions and readers can do that, right? You, you see like if you go to an event and you see a 
you know, a certain group of people there, you're going to think, oh, this is who I'm writing for, because most of us aren't doing events every day, right. getting, you know, feedback from that. But it's it, the nice thing about today is with Amazon and Goodreads, you're getting so many people weighing in. It, it's, it's like the world's biggest focus group. It's nice to see when you get the good blend of like, especially, yeah, something online reviews. Okay, these are people I can tell have genuinely brought the book. They read it. They thought about it. And maybe they have some sort of comment Mm -hmm. that I didn't think about. The problem is it is so easy today for people to feel they have to go out of their way to make a comment, like just to to make themselves be heard. It's It's a strange thing. Like, hey, don't forget about me and my opinion on your book. Yeah, and I think that's the part of the thing with online culture, right, is like I, I found a while ago that I don't go – and I don't think many people go on social media to or, – or, you know, put a, or, you know, go to a review site for that matter because they want to learn something. I think it's because they want to, you know, put a stick in the ground. They want to draw – you know, they want to say, like, I'm, I'm upset about this and here's why. And there's that – and now you can be heard and you can be agreed with. And, you know, you can fight against people who disagree with you. And there's something that's, uh, that's alluring about that um, until you eventually just sort of grow weary. But, but I get it. Well, and it's interesting. I think, obviously, you write a book and you, you, you touch a note with someone that they find something they can relate to and take that. But I've also found it kind of odd in a work of fiction that someone will pick up something and take it personally as if, you know, it were meant to, to hurt their feelings. Yeah, yeah, right. I, uh, I so I write reviews, uh, and I've been writing them recently for the Washington Post. And okay. I wrote one this week and about a very controversial book. And I, I usually, like I said, I don't read the comments. I, I was curious about what people thought, and wow, did this book make people mad? So I, um, my review, you know, it's fine. There, were, nobody cared about that. It was the book, and yeah, you're, it's all fiction. I mean, a few people point out, like, guys, this isn't real, but the reactions it stoked. Were and in a way that's wonderful, right? To to have this kind of this kind of fervor for for art, right? That that's terrific. Even if people hadn't read the book yet, but it was still like you know there's this sense of uh, of importance to it. That that that's nice. That that it's nice that that remains. And the new book, it is available wherever books are sold. It is When She Left. We've been visiting with the author, E.A. Amar. And thank you so much for joining me today. Please write uh, 19 more books so we can get you the uh, the classy silk robe. I am very excited about that. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful talking with you, and I appreciate being a, being a guest on your show.